0: everybody, welcome back to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. As you all know by now, the Pittsburgh Steelers 2020 season is kaput. It is over, it is done, uh, and as is the title for tomorrow's, uh, uh, well, tonight's podcast when it's released from the site, Over in a Snap. And, uh, in many ways it, it really was. And, um, I, I, I don't know. I, uh, I, I I'm speechless at times. And, uh, uh, it was just one of those nights, Murphy's law, whatever you want to call it. And, um, the Steelers lose to the Browns, uh, 4837 in a game that, uh, probably wasn't quite that close, but, uh, uh, Big Ben and company made it interesting down the, down the end there and uh, did the best they could. But the season ends, the Browns advance, uh, winning for the first time in their last 18 games uh, in Heinz Field. So, man, there's a lot to unpack. Uh, joining me tonight uh, is uh, Ben, and I think Ian will be along shortly. Uh, ben... Uh, <laughs> I damn, man, I don't even know where to begin. I, I, you know, I did the beginning. I I didn't think (laughs) this team was going to the Super Bowl. I really didn't. But I never freaking dreamed that that was going to happen. And uh, I I, what what was going through your mind when when this was unfolding? I, I yeah, go ahead. I mean, basically, at the end of the first quarter,
1: I was I was livid. Because I had yeah. decided that the game was over, they were down by twenty eight points they given up they'd given up twenty one points on turnovers mm-hmm. uh given the browns a short field twice uh given up another sixty five yard drive for a touchdown um The defense didn't look particularly sharp no. then again, I mean the offense couldn't stay on the field, so the no. defense couldn't catch a breath, so it was just like, okay, well, we're just getting no rhythm here at all um and then uh, Highsmith went out and Cassius Marsh came in mm. and Robert Spillane started and he didn't, you know, initially I thought he looked pretty okay. Mm. And then as things wore on, I was like, no, he's not pushing off on that knee. He's not quick. He's not, He doesn't have any burst. And this is, it's starting to show itself more wow. and more as the game went on. And, um, I you know, Cassius Marsh stinks. I don't understand. Ola's nothing to write home about, but no. he's better than Marsh, in my opinion. I don't know why they left him out there. I know that Keith Butler's record with outside linebackers is stellar, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'm just not a Cassius Marsh fan. I don't understand that that decision at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, basically, you know, Joe Hayden's out. Um yeah. You know, uh, it just—it was one thing after another after another. They got into quicksand and they couldn't get out. Um, yeah, I mean, and it, the, the first play of the game when Pouncy snapped the ball over Ben's mm-hmm.
0: head—that
1: mm-hmm. set the tone.
0: It it absolutely
1: did. And and they tried to come back in the second half, and I will give them credit for that. The offense yep. was finally clicking. But it was too late. It was just, it was exactly like that damn Jacksonville game from 2017.
0: Very similar. Yeah, you you're can't,
1: right. You can't spot the team, the other team, 21 points, turn the ball over five times, and expect to win. You just can't. You can't do that. No. And yeah, I was furious then. And, you know, it didn't last very long. I'll tell you guys about that later. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, it just sucks to see them. Go out that way mm-hmm. when the season started with so much promise.
0: Well, I, I I agree, and and you know we talked about it so many times on this particular program about how things felt very special, and I and I don't think any of us were under any uh, idea uh, or preconceived notions that this was a team that was destined to go to the Super Bowl but when you know you're 8-0, 9-0, 10-0, um you feel good, you think okay, this is a special team what they're doing, they're finding ways to win. You know, they weren't beating anybody by 20 and 30 points every time out, but they were winning games and and that's the NFL. And uh and and then it it, it just as we've talked about, that Ravens game, that first Ravens game that that we did win, um did kind of reveal some blueprints on how to, to slow the offense down and everybody kind of copied second it. Second Ravens game. What's that? Second Ravens game. Yeah, I thought there were elements in the first one uh until Ben they, kind of went they didn't really uh, off they didn't yeah until
1: Ben Ben went off script and it was just like okay well that's mm-hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna win this mm-hmm. The second Ravens game we couldn't get anything going. They beat the Ravens junior varsity squad you know by, by five points yeah uh, and they, they should have spanked him and they were ashamed after the game nobody was celebrating and that's you know pretty much the way it should have been but I, I thought that during that game they really did a lot of things to fluster the Steelers and when Washington played um, Ron Rivera said the same thing he said you know the Ravens showed us some things we could do versus the Steelers to slow their offense down and give ourselves a chance. And we believed in ourselves and we came out here and we executed and they won that game. And the Steelers lost that one. But basically I I think if you just want to talk about the, the story of the Steelers season in 2020, they peaked too early. We talk about this. We talk about this every year. It's not how you're playing in September that matters. What matters is how you play from about Thanksgiving on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to put yourself in a position to to have a playoff seed. But all those games in September and October, they just don't have as much importance as the games late in the season. And late in the season, the Steelers were not playing well. They no. were not. And they just peaked too early. They got knocked off the rails. Probably beginning with that Ravens game, where they were supposed to play on Thanksgiving then I got moved to Sunday. Then I got moved to Monday. <laughs> then I got moved to Tuesday, and they just they just never caught their stride again. No, ever. I mean, even even the Indianapolis game, it looked like they were going to lose the game. Yeah. When they came back in the second half and they were firing on all cylinders again, it was kind of like, okay, well maybe they're going to you know they're going to pull this out. And then you know they rested everybody for the Dan Browns game, and um, you know the rest.
2: Yeah. Resting
1: the players under those circumstances. Given the fact that they had some momentum after the Indianapolis game, I don't know that resting all the players was the best decision. I question that now. At the time, I thought it was a really good idea. Now, looking back at it, I kind of wish he'd he'd played the starters for a little bit Mm -hmm. versus the Browns in the season finale and then pulled them.
0: Well,. I, I, you know, as they say, hindsight twenty twenty, all that stuff. But I, I, I have thought about that, and I, I do wonder. I, I mean, obviously, the flip side is if something happens and Ben gets hurt or something, then then Tomlin is just absolutely destroyed uh, by the media and everybody else. But uh, you know, there, there's something to be said, uh, and he's actually, I think, said it in the past in situations similar where he has played guys and said, "Look, it's football. We we've got to stay fresh. We've got to stay." Uh, in rhythm, these types of things, and, and certainly it's something that that I have thought about too. Um, what um, What did you see? If you take away the turnovers and stuff, and and, and just look at what Cleveland did offensively, um, I, I thought they did a really good job of scheming their guys open um, and and using I their running backs. Oh, I, I did. I, I,
1: I don't. I, I think they have a stellar running game. Yeah, I give them credit. I think that they schemed some guys open, but it was because the Steelers did nothing to counter it. The Steelers were the same old Steelers when right. And we've seen we've seen instances where the linebacker was pushed all the way out and he was effectively the outside corner because they they rolled a running back out to the outside and made him Mm -hmm. the outside receiver. Mm -hmm. Why we did not do that this week. I have no idea. Yeah. If you roll Jarvis Landry inside and he's the number three receiver, or, you know, you start at the outside and you go start one, two, outside. three. Yep. Right. You got a linebacker on him. Correct it. Bring a corner in, send a linebacker out or put a safety mm-hmm. on Landry or put a corner on Landry and a safety on the running back. Something change it. Just don't, don't do what you did. Don't have a linebacker on a wide receiver. I mean, We've been talking about this for three years. Yeah. Knock it off! My yeah. God, these guys are not Derek Brooks. Okay, they can't do that. They can't.
0: It's, no, it's the definition of insanity. Um, and and it, it it was just incredibly frustrating to see that. And you could, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I was cringing immediately as soon as as soon as I saw what was happening. Yeah. Um, in and, and you you could just it, it was almost like slow motion it, it was death by a thousand cuts whatever you want to call it 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 was, it was just you could feel it happening and I mean i, I I'll got to be honest with you the Steelers should have
1: known better they just should have known better Absolutely. I don't think there was there was anything special the Browns were doing there they were doing what other teams have done before what the Browns have done to the Steelers before the Steelers should have known better right. they did nothing to counter it and i I don't give the Browns any credit there. I don't. I, I think the Steelers were 100% at fault. Yeah. And that the Browns have a good running game.
0: So, I mean, Period. is that – no, they do. They do. I, I mean, even even without – and all the credit to the young man that, that played in, in place of Batonio because he handled himself very, very well. Um, eh. I, he, he did. I mean, Stefan Tuit, Cam Hayward were non-factors. They they were not I, I agree. I mean, and, and so was Tyson Aluolo. Did you hear
1: – right? Right. Did you hear their names at any no. point? I mean, no. And granted, they weren't running right at them, mm-hmm. um, unless, unless um, uh, the young man from Michigan, uh, Wormley, Chris Wormley, was in. Oh. They ran right at him. Yeah. But otherwise, they were not running right at those interior linemen. They were going outside. They weren't yep. stupid, but still, what they did was create enough of, of a situation where. The Steelers, especially when they were running stunts, they were just mm-hmm. random. They ran away from the stunts. What? Well, okay. Yeah. You're going to run a stunt? Well, we're going we're gonna to run zone on you. We're going to run away from the stunt.
0: Uh, why, just, were, why were we doing so many things up front? I didn't understand that. I either. didn't understand that either. I,
1: it, the, gap security was awful. They yeah. We're not staying in their lanes. I don't know what the deal was. And
0: all he did was just go, okay, well, oh, here's a gap. Pew. Yeah, I mean that's really what it boiled down to. I, I mean, and you know, to your point, so so does that go back to just coaching, to 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 be able to say, uh, okay, guys, this is if they come out in this and the running back goes wide, and then they've got a tight end, and then they've got a receiver in the slot. This is how we're covering. I mean, d- does that just go back to coaching? In in Keith Butler, Mike Tomlin, uh, uh, yes, that I mean, that it, particular
1: it, it, thing, oh. absolutely. Um, gap security. No, that's players playing the way they're supposed to be playing. They know what their gap is and they've, they've got to stay in it. Yep. Um, and they also know that if Nick Chubb gets ahead of steam, he's incredibly difficult to tackle. He is. Which is why if you let that guy get to the second level, he's going to get four yards after contact. Mm -hmm. So you, you've got to stop him at the line of scrimmage or slightly beyond it, but you've got to stop him early at the first level. And they know that they knew that going in. I mean, I, I, uh. So I mean, part of it is the players, and part of it, yes, is absolutely yep. coaching. They should have been prepared for that situation. I, again, one hundred percent, that is on the Steelers.
0: Do do you do you think at all that they were looking past this game with with no head coach, with uh, Denzel Ward and Kevin Johnson out? Do, do, do you think there was a mindset that they thought they might be able to just roll through this? Maybe I, you know, I. If you come out for a
1: playoff game with the mindset that you can just show up and win, yeah, I mean you're not a you're not a professional, and I I don't think you know, I don't think guys that have been doing this for a long time like burger mm-hmm. and Cam Hayward right. are going to let their teammates believe that. But they sure did come out listless. You know, oh. they didn't have much intensity no. to begin the game, and the the worst things got it seemed like the the worst their intensity was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, Cam and, and TJ Watt both said it, the, the defense failed simply because of lack of execution. I agree. Mm-hmm. But, yes, there were those instances like we talked about where there were schematic errors that they should have been prepared for. I was really surprised that Vince didn't correct it because he's done that before where he's yeah. – pointed at a corner and said, come in here, and he's run outside. I was really shocked that he didn't make those corrections himself. But, you know, I, I don't know what the priorities were, you know, I, and granted, they're not going to pull their linebackers when the Browns come out in heavy, and that's right. what they were doing. They were coming out yeah. in heavy, and then they were splitting out the wide receiver. Or they were splitting out the running back, rather, mm-hmm. and, and going an empty set. It was just like, okay, well, now what do we do? Well, you pull your linebacker and you put him outside and, and you bring a corner inside
0: against Landry. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I it's not rocket science. I don't think it is. I, I, I mean, y- you've got to be prepared, especially since they saw some of that the week before. They yeah. saw Cleveland go heavy, spread it out. Uh, I, I mean, it, it's as if Butler just said, "Ah, hey, we're just going to do what we do. We'll be fine. Um, and, and I... I I, I don't know. Um, <sighs> offensively, um, I mean, obviously there's not much you can do when the ball snapped over your head. And, and you know, I I don't know what was going through Ben's mind and James Conner. I, I think they got pressed up against their own end zone. They were worried about getting a safety, didn't kind of looked at each other and were like, what do we do? And, and they didn't do the right thing, you know. Sometimes in those situations you're your coach to just kick the damn thing out of the end zone, take the safety, kick it away, and live to fight another day. I you know, it is what it is, but you know, then they get a little bit of momentum off of the kick and and then Ben kind of panics, throws the pick that that sails over the head of uh was it Snell, I believe. It was Benny Snell, yeah. Snell and, that and, was just that was just dumb.
1: I mean, Snell yeah. ran the, the route a little bit shallow based upon what I could see. Mm-hmm. But Ben threw the ball high, and uh, it was just—they just weren't in sync. No. I just—I don't. Oh, no! I—I I, I don't know, man. I.
0: Well, it was—it was really frustrating to watch. Well, let, let's get to a question that I know a lot of people have. Um, what was the reason, in your opinion? that Kevin Dotson did not see one snap on Sunday. They went with Filer, who had been out for, what, three straight weeks, I think? Yeah. Um, what, what? What? Three and a half. Uh, talk talk uh, us Filer, through that decision-making.
1: I mean, basically, they saw experience over youth, and um, I disagree with the decision, you know, as I've been public about. Um, but that doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. I don't think Filer was the problem, um, and, and I I was all over that before the game. I was like, this is really fucking dumb.
2: Mm-hmm. We should mm-hmm. not
1: be doing this. It could be the difference between winning the game and losing the game. Sure. If we can't run the ball, it's all going to be because of Matt Filer. Well, we couldn't run the ball, but it wasn't about Filer. Filer did okay, I thought, mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. him on film. He wasn't good, but he did okay. Um, Pouncey had an awful game. Yeah
0: from awful. from the very first from snap the very uh, first
1: snap and it wasn't just the way he was snapping the ball he wasn't no, blocking well no he was getting driven off the line uh when he said when i heard after the game that he was considering retiring i was like yeah dude i mean honestly yeah maybe you should yeah. um yeah he uh he had a terrible game um de castro looked pretty okay uh chooks can't run block <laughs>
0: No, he um, can't. but God again, will.
1: getting back to the Matt Filer thing, you know, they saw experience over youth and they, they went with experience they obviously, you know, they, they wanted the guys that have been around and been there, done that to be, to be in the game. And that was the tone they set. And uh, they started those guys, even though they hadn't been there for a while. You know, I mean, had it been me, no, I would have started Dotson, and I, mm-hmm. I probably would have started Williamson at linebacker, and I would have brought Spillane in, yeah, to play yeah. some snaps. Um, especially given the fact that he just, it became evident as the game went on that he couldn't push off on that knee. No, and he, I, I empathize. I get it. I mean, I've yeah. I've had knee injuries, and I know how much that can hurt. Um, uh, but I mean, if the guy's not effective then you need to sit him down and, and put in somebody else. And well, I, again,
0: yeah.
1: I want to emphasize the point, the Steelers didn't lose this game because they started Matt Filer. They, they lost <laughs> it for a whole host of reasons, but that's
0: not even top 10. Well, and I, and I think sometimes what feeds into the fan reaction is, and and, and I think some of our listeners know that we're not overly crazy about, you know, pro football focus, um, but what happens is they see tweets that talk about, well, you know, uh, rookie Kevin Dotson hasn't given up a QB pressure and, you know, 200 straight, you know, dropbacks and things like this. Look, he's been good. Don't get me wrong. He's been good. But I, again, I think that just fuels the fire um, in those situations and gets fans all all fired up um, to to make this into a bigger thing they, they wanted an experience and I, and I, they're the coaches they're, they're in a situation far more superior than, than I am. Um, but I, I agree with you and I agree with a lot of Steeler nation. I, I would have rolled my, my dice with Dotson, um, and, and said, let's go look, come on, Rook, let's go show me what you got. Let's get in behind you, run the football and, and go from there. But you know, again, they, they had different ideas. Um, uh, you know, like like you said, I I was I was pleased and I was proud of this team that they did battle back. Um, twenty eight nothing, thirty five seven. They could have easily just said to hell with it. Uh, let's get the golf clubs out and head to the beach, whatever. Uh, and and they did. They they fought back, and a, a unique situation, or maybe not unique, but a but a situation arose where. The Steelers had the ball, uh, fourth and short, and and Tomlin chose to punt the ball, and I was really torn. I, I understood the logic of it. Um, I th- I think what was the score at the time? Were we down twelve?
1: We're down by twelve.
0: Twelve, and and he chose to punt the ball. His his team had gotten three straight three and outs. His defense did, uh, so I I get it. And the Browns promptly marched right down the field and, and essentially put the game away with with a, a, another score. Um, so yeah, it's real easy to second guess. Um, but but I I get where Mike Tomlin was going. What what were you thinking at the time? You know, good move, bad move. What were you thinking? I was apoplectic first
1: that they went out there mm-hmm. with the punt unit on fourth and one oh, and took a delay of game. Yeah. It's like if you're just gonna do that anyway, just leave the defense, leave the offense on the field. Leave the offense. Maybe you can draw them off. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you'll get lucky. If that, I mean, if that's all you're gonna do is take delay of game, just take the delay of game with the offense and give yourself five yards and then punt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then him kicking it into the end zone. That was the thing where yes. I was, I was absolutely fuming i was like you've got to be kidding
0: me one thing you can't do there yep yep you know and, and it was a nice punt but it was just too long you know and and he's been so good was, of all the things in I his didn't, career i didn't think the punt was yeah. bad at all they just no, didn't, didn't get either. downfield
1: to down it in time i thought there was enough height on it um it you know it, it took a bad bounce when, it, when it, it landed there was some bad luck involved in that but you got to have guys down there as quickly as possible. You know, they, they needed more guys on the outside gunning down mm-hmm. the field
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and fewer guys in protection and and take a chance that, you know, it, it might get blocked, but they needed that kind of an advantage rather than the way they played it. And, you know, we saw the result. Um, but, I mean, going I would have gone for it. I mean, I, yeah. I would have. It's fourth and one. I get it. Tomlin says, well, the offense isn't playing well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm Um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this here. I'm going to go ahead and uh punt it here and try and regroup. Uh and then the Browns come out and score a touchdown. Yeah. Uh it's like, man, you've you've got some momentum. Not a lot, but you got some. You got some. You just stop the Browns on a three and out. Okay. You just had a moment ago. Now you're you're looking at fourth and one. You need your team to rise to the occasion.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, let's get out there. I formation. I don't know. Send Derek Watt one way and send the running back the other. I have. I don't know, but I would have gone
0: for it. You know, I I just oh the uh, to to say that. Steelers Nation is uh slightly perturbed with one Mr. Randy Feekner would probably not go far enough. Um <laughs> give, me, give me uh an example or or twelve of just how bad he is. And, and and I mean there were a couple of instances in that game, as there have been throughout the season, where I, I just I I, I was I don't even have the adjective. I, I I just didn't understand what I was seeing. Um you know, what <sighs> you, you go hey. Derek, I mean, Derek Watt doesn't touch the ball all damn season and you give it to him on a third and short and he hey, yeah. first down. First down. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. Uh Derek powers through the line.
1: Good well, job. It was pretty it was pretty clear that the Browns weren't expecting that shit. I'll get to no, be frank. No.
0: And 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 then you you face a similar situation. And you're pretty much in the same formation, and you give it to, to Watt. And I'll say this: execution is a huge part of things. And and Exhibit A on that play was Marquise Pouncey. Marquise Pouncey was shoved all the way to Philadelphia on that play. Yeah, it was okay. bad. He was horrible, and Watt. Yeah, Joby shoved him back nope. three yards. He didn't have a chance. However. Nope. You have to wonder, why would you go right back to that well right after that? You, you've just done it. They're probably expecting it. You know, I, to me, that's just one of the examples, his, his complete lack of creativity. I will never, ever, ever understand how he's got four wonderful wide receivers, and he never puts them on the field at the same time. It, it's always Ebron or it's always another running back when they spread it. Or for God's sake, sometimes it's Ebron and McDonald and spread. Poor James Washington is standing on the sidelines with his thumb up his nose. I, I just I I'll never understand it. Um, and I, I I could have it explained to me eighteen different ways, and I still would not understand it. Um, and and so now we all wait. We wait to find out his fate. Um, and and I. I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> don't be surprised if he's back. I, I don't I, know. I'm, I, I won't be, and I've been telling no. people that since the game. Yep. It, look, yep.
1: The, the offense was too good for too long. Mm-hmm. And basically, they're going to look at it, you know, as a situation that was driven by injury attrition because okay. they had some guys in and out of the line. Um Poor execution by the line, which is, true, is partly true. It's partly true, excuse me. Yes, a lot of drops. Remember, we had that five week oh. period where we had a whole bunch of drops. Yeah. yeah, we had some drops on Sunday too, but just not as bad. Um, you know, and and Ben, Ben's receivers, you know, let's be fair, Ben's receivers mm-hmm. led the league in drops this year. They did. You know? can, can. So, <laughs> no, so so they to they're gonna look at all of that. And they're gonna say, Well, the scheme isn't the problem. Well, yeah, the scheme is the problem too. Yes, execution is a problem, mm-hmm. no question. Mm-hmm. Drops were absolutely a problem. The offensive line, run blocking, they're terrible. Terrible.
0: But yeah,
1: yeah. This nobody team... nobody there's nothing the Steelers do that scares anyone.
0: Yeah, I think that's this a great team, point.
1: This team doesn't have that identity where they do that one thing that's really scary mm-hmm. that defensive coordinators have got a have got a plan to try and take away and that they're really worried they won't be able to do. Mm-hmm. You know? They just don't no, have I,
0: it. I think it's a great point.
1: And uh. until that comes around, you're not gonna have a real dynamic offense and and they're not; they're going to struggle in games like this.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know how else to put it. I mean, there, there's the wide receiving core is is good. I, I think we all agree that it is. There's, there's a lot of talent there, but I, I think you're dead on. If I'm a defensive coordinator getting ready to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I'm sure as hell not afraid of your running game uh, oh, hell by on. any stretch you know they've they've now for three straight years they have finished in in the the bottom three positions i think 31 32 and uh, 30 or 29th one year I, I we mean, were dead
2: last this year
0: yeah dead last and and you look teams have made the super bowl before being really really shitty at running the ball it, it's happened i don't want to say that it hasn't but but this is a team that just isn't good enough to get away with that um and and so now now we get into the part when where, when you
1: run yeah. and, and and I just want to I want to put an exclamation point on on this point we're making right now. Right. When you run a short passing offense, mm-hmm. the threat of the run has to be there to open up the middle mm-hmm. of the field. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um then you can spread things out. Um you've got to be able to run you get some gaps by by throwing those intermediate passes and and pulling people back off the line, right? So I should start over. Basically,
0: Ooh.
1: yeah, the intermediate game's got to be there to open up the run. The intermediate game has was not there this year. Ben's getting rid of the ball really quickly. They're running very short routes. Nobody's impressed by that. The run opens up play action, which is all <laughs> kinds of efficient. Uh, the and Steelers all, don't run much play action, but, but they they don't run play action because nobody's impressed with their run game. So why mm-hmm. the hell would they try? Mm-hmm. I just... I, all these things kind of, you know, they go hand in glove.
2: They, One absolutely. thing feeds on the
1: other. The run goes into play action. The intermediate passing game feeds the run. All of these things need to be fixed. And to me the thing that needs the most attention offensively Mm -hmm. this year in the off season is the offensive line. Yes. Randy Finkner sucks. I will acknowledge that. I hope he, his contract does not get renewed, but he is in my opinion, still not the biggest problem this year. He was not the biggest (laughs) issue. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Everybody wants to look at it and go, well, coaches should have players prepared to play and blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> look, that line lacks talent. Yes. Yes, they could be better coached, but they lack talent. That is a problem. Al Villanueva, not a good tackle. Matt Filer, mm-hmm. not a good guard. Chuksakorafor, underwhelming at right tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, the thought is that he could be a better left tackle than, than a right. He certainly is not a great right tackle. I, you got David DeCastro, who had a so-so year. Marquise Pouncey made a Pro Bowl. I have no idea how. He did uh, not deserve it.
0: Name recognition.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, that line lacks talent. And, and, and I until, until you add some talent to that line, it ain't getting fixed. I don't uh, care if who you bring back. You bring back Mike Munchak, who, by the way, Coaches a very underwhelming line in Denver now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I think DeCastro Castro played most of the year hurt. Now I, I'm not making excuses for him. I, I know he, he was dinged up through most of, uh, well, I guess what was training camp. Um, but I, I, my understanding is he had just a lot of, of little nagging injuries and stuff. And I, you know, I think it affected him. He's the type of guy that that would never use it as an excuse. So I, I'm not going to. But yeah, his play it definitely has to improve. Um, as you you so eloquently put with everybody else there uh, on the line, I I totally agree. Um, you're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. Whether you are in the southern Palm Beach counties or Broward County. And whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing at Deck Roofing. That's D E K Roofing. Dot com. I would like to welcome into the program Ian, who has uh, successfully given all of his children whiskey so they would go to sleep. Uh, welcome in, Ian. We uh, <laughs> we were just getting ready to start talking about the potential uh off-season moves for this team and i know we'll spend a lot more time doing that on future shows but uh welcome in and uh how you doing since sunday
2: (laughs) thank you um yeah there's not much whiskey left in the house for uh using on the kids because i pretty much drank it all either during the game or after the game on sunday um yeah that was that was fucking awful it was terrible um it was uh you know, the the more I thought about it, it was um it was like it, it was compounding errors, right? It was like one of those comedy movies that you watch where a fire like something catches fire on the stove and then all of a sudden, you know, twenty seconds later the whole house is burning down oh, and yeah. Liam Neeson standing outside like, I don't know what just happened. Um but <laughs>
0: i was gonna say the three stooges but i'll go with three that instead <laughs> that works too yeah
2: or uh you know whoever you want steve martin whoever it is mm-hmm. um yeah but it, it was it was just compounding errors you know obviously the, the game started as bad as it possibly could but it's kind of like okay well you know maybe uh you know maybe we can drive down score a touchdown tie it up and then you know, turn things around and all of a sudden there's an interception and they score on a third down and it's just boom, 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 boom. You, you just, you can't spot a team at 28, nothing. It doesn't I matter know. what you did after that. Every, I mean, Ben threw for over 500 yards, which was I think the fourth time in NFL history of players thrown for over 500 yards in the playoffs and three of them have lost. Like yeah. the other ones were Ben against Jacksonville, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl against uh, the Eagles. And English. then Ben, uh, I think was it Bernie Kosar in a two overtime game for the Browns? Um, might have been the other correct. one. Yeah, that they they won in double overtime. But yeah, so nevertheless, I mean, it's it's yeah, it was awful. It was terrible. I swore a lot. I'm still swearing a lot. It, it is what it is. What uh, Ian? What did you
0: think of of Tomlin's uh, game management in terms of his use of the two point conversion? I, I personally, I thought he did it backwards i i thought he should have kicked it the first time gone for two the second time and he kind of did the opposite um what was what was your take on that i know you follow that a little bit better than i do
2: yeah i didn't really understand it the first time he went for it um you know kind of i mean looking at how things went obviously they the defense kept giving up points too which didn't help Um, (laughs) right but if you think about it you know we lost we lost the game by 11 and missed mm-hmm. two two point conversions so if you make both of those you still lose or if you kick field or kick extra points both of yeah. those times you still lose by nine still two scores yeah. but if we had made both of them we would have only been down seven and then you know at that point you're kind of in a okay well that's only one score kind of situation yeah. so um at some point they probably had to go for two um, i thought they rushed it a little bit by kind of chasing the points earlier uh, rather than um you know kind of waiting and seeing how the rest of the the rest of the game played out um but what the fuck though why why the hell do we punt at midfield on on fourth and 1 like oh, we <laughs> talked about that too
0: yeah okay. yeah we we mentioned it um what i so so i'm going to take it by your particular tone ian that you were in favor of
2: going for it <laughs> I mean, you're 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 down by two scores. You have the other team reeling. If you convert and punch it in for a touchdown, it's thirty-five to thirty, and then all of a sudden you're in the Browns' heads because you've rattled yeah. off, you know, whatever it is, twenty-some mm-hmm. straight points, and you know you make them you make them have to go out and, and execute when they hadn't their last yeah. couple drives. Instead, you know, we punted. And in two plays, they were out at midfield anyway. So, like, it was, uh, yeah, it was it was just compounding errors over and over and yeah. over again that just made things worse. It's like, you know, trying to fix a drip in your sink and then all of a sudden you're standing in your basement knee-deep in sewage and you're like, I don't know how all <laughs> the pipes burst in the house. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good analogy. pretty much out. what it was. Um, Mike Tomlin spoke
0: today, guys, in uh, what is his uh, annual final presser of the year, Typically, we don't hear again. Uh, Right, right. Typically, we don't hear from him again until the combine, and and the likelihood of that in the COVID uh, era is slim. So it might be a while before we hear from him again. Um, Yeah, he said nothing, um, which we expected. Um, he claims there's going to be change. He talked about the definition of insanity and said he'd be we foolish. We not should to we should clarify
1: but since we're criticizing Tomlin for saying nothing, yeah, he he did point out that the facility was closed Monday and Tuesday. Yes, because, Eric because of Democratic COVID. Yeah, yep. Because of COVID, and and that's a valid
0: point. But I I wish he would have said a little bit more. He's he's never been one and and I mean Cower wasn't either but he's never been one to come right out and say okay uh, these are the guys we're cutting these are the guys I mean it, you got you got to have some gamesmanship here too because you got you got time to make those decisions however I, I i think we needed to hear more specifics and and he just wasn't willing to get into those and um i i I will believe the change that he discussed when we see it um I, I don't know what that change is going to look like because I think all three of us—I don't think any of us would be surprised oh, if I Randy Feenstra's back oh. and if Keith Butler's back. I, I don't think we would. We we've seen this movie before, um, and so therefore, I don't know what the changes are going to be. You know, well, we'll, we'll get a new uh, running backs coach. We'll get a new uh, wide receivers coach. You know. I, Getting a
1: new running backs coach and a new a new offensive line coach would not be bad changes.
0: No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. I, and and I, granted, I don't know what Eddie Faulkner had to work with. Um, I, I think James- not a lot, but it just no. doesn't seem
1: like he's adding a whole heck of a lot to what no. those guys and, do and, either.
0: And I do want to say because it may have been his last game in the black and gold. I, I thought James Connor competed his ass off. I agree. Um, I, I thought he played very hard. And and tried his damnedest to get that team a win. And um I I mean we all know his story and, and it's a wonderful story. I'm glad he's been here. Um, but I, I, I don't see him back in Pittsburgh unless it's I do on, I, well, unless it's on it on the cheap the cheaper than we think it's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh. it it sucks, but I'll be frank. Yeah.
1: You know, uh James just isn't gonna have much of a market.
0: I don't think so either.
1: And I can see him coming back to Pittsburgh. Hopefully as a backup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I can't say that with certainty but hopefully oh, as a backup on a, on a backup, you know, money kind of deal. Yeah. Um you know where where you know Colbert says to a lot of times he says we we try to give guys the opportunity to go out to the market and become starters. Mm-hmm. And if James wants to do that somewhere else, maybe he should do that, but in Pittsburgh I think really you know he was their best back this yes. year best option but he's he's not a good back and and he didn't have an offensive line in front of him, did him any favors. There's no question, and I agree with you. he absolutely played his ass off, but James is in decline, and you don't pay running backs that are in decline, big money. you just oh. don't i mean I, and by big, I mean not even like two million a year. you just don't do that. You don't pay running backs
0: at all
2: big money you just got <laughs> me once it's it's absolutely, i i tend to
0: agree with that I, I mean isn't it fascinating how the game has changed uh i i mean when when you know emmett smith uh, and company were were getting 350 carries uh and 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 you know i, I mean it's just amazing how the game has 400 has i mean yeah you know, yeah
1: touches between between true you know and live bell we got four hundred touches
0: yep. yep it's between different.
1: carries and 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 passes you know and receptions,
0: yeah, so it is a little bit different so ian i'm gonna i'm gonna toss this ball into your court first um you know i i I saw the end of that game, I saw Ben Roethlisberger, who we've grown so accustomed to seeing run or, or jog or walk off the field. And, and instead he went over and sat on the bench. And of course, Ponce, sat there with him. And, um, do you think he's back? I'll, I'll just be blunt. Do you think he's back in, in
2: 2021? I honestly don't know at this point. Um, I would, I would put it at kind of a 50, okay. 50 kind of shot. Um, I think there's going to be some, some long and hard conversations between the front office and Ben. Um, I think the, the first thing that has to get figured out is the the front office has to figure itself out. I mean, there's been rumors of Omar Khan having um, interviews and second mm-hmm. interviews. There's been, um, you know, rumors about interesting Kevin Colbert. So, um, you know, well, I, apparently, I think,
1: and you know, the, the Steelers have received zero right, requests to that. interview yeah. to interview Kevin Colbert, and you cannot go around that and make offers to guys oh. for general managers jobs without asking permission to interview the guy. So that and basically, Tomlin, Tomlin all but denied the fact that that Colbert was going anywhere today during his presser.
2: That's true. But if you recall from last year, Colbert's on like year to year contracts. He's only right. He is, but his contract
1: goes, his contract runs through the draft. draft.
2: Yeah.
0: And, 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 you know, being here in in Michigan, you know, Lions fans were all over this because it was rumored that the Lions had had made an offer to him. And uh, yeah, you you have to go through the team that the guy is currently employed with. And and so I, I love Steeler Nation. You know, oh, that's tampering. We get draft picks. I love the way we think, um, but to our knowledge, no, he's not going anywhere. Khan, uh, by the way, did interview with the Panthers, but was not asked back for a second. So, as of right now, the Cap Guru Omar Khan is is still in Pittsburgh. Is still part of the Steelers organization. Um, Ian, getting getting back to Ben, yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's a major thing that's happening here because of his contract, the forty one. Yes. So, so and it's
2: yeah. not really the forty one million. I mean yeah. half of that half of that sunk cost that we've already paid him, right? The more question is more than half. Yeah, it's there's nineteen million left over. Four million right. in base salary and fifteen million in a roster bonus that's due on I think the third or the fifth day of the, and, and the league year. That, and if that you, mechanism was put in there
1: on purpose, probably by both the Steelers and his agent, that forces the team to make a decision
2: at the very beginning of the offseason. Right. Yeah, because if you pay him the $15 million, it, the 4000000 million doesn't matter. You're not going to cut him later on. Um, so so really, yeah, both, both the team and the player have to essentially make a decision relatively early on, um, you know, before the draft, I'll say. Um, that being said, you know, Marquise Pouncey also has a decision to make. Uh, we have a, a number of players, actually, who have just one year left on their current contracts um, with – you know, in addition to Ben um, Mm -hmm. and Pouncey and David DeCastro is one of them. uh, Vince Williams is another Joe Hayden's another um, Stephen Nelson's another. So some, some big name starters here that have one year remaining. And that's typically the time when the Steelers will look to extend some of those guys too. But, you know, when you start mentioning guys like Ben Pouncey DeCastro Hayden, who are all nearing the end of their careers uh, you know, maybe you don't, Extend them. Maybe some of them become cap casualties. Maybe some of them retire. I mean, maybe you could do the the Lawrence Timmons route, where you just let him play his last year on a really big cap hit, and then he retires or leaves or whatever it is. Um, Some of those numbers are are more tenable than others. Um, Obviously, TJ Watt will be under the uh, fifth year option next year, and then uh, assuming, I mean, he's going to get a top but of the he's market get a massive yeah. yes yes i mean he's gonna get uh, i mean 24 like, 25 million a years yeah i was gonna say Miles, Miles Garrett and joey bosa got like around 100 million dollars so Watt's gonna be right in that range as well yeah. um yeah it's it's gonna be huge it's it's nearing i mean oh, i guess quarterbacks are in the 40 million dollar range now but a 30 to 40 so it's not going to be there but it'll still be 25 plus which is right. crazy. yeah but yes but i mean worth it for what tj watt brings to the defense obviously sure. well, that's the market now it is what it yeah. is they
1: should have done it you know i should have done your deal last year
2: yeah yeah <laughs> um well so yeah we'll, i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of decisions to make around ben too but ben's obviously the the, the biggest puzzle piece as well
0: so, Ben, if, if if I said to you that, that Randy Feekner's coming back, does common sense say that Ben is more likely to come back versus if I say totally new offensive coordinator, then he's more likely to not come back? I mean, is that no. fair to say?
1: What I hear is Ben wants to play.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, I put it at more like 75-25 Ben plays, and that's because what's behind him? <laughs>
0: Oh, I I know Mason
1: Rudolph, who I'm sorry is not an NFL starter. Uh, uh, Dobbs, who is not an NFL starter. Oh. Duck Hodges, who is not an NFL starter. Um, you know it's pretty slim pickings behind the guy who is in decline. There's no question. Ben oh, no. is uh, Ben is you know he's entering the twilight. He's about done. Um, but Ben wants to play so. My feeling is that if he leaves the Steelers this year, he'll sign a contract somewhere else hmm. and play next year. Um, he may not like it, but he, I bet he does.
2: Yeah.
1: And I think it's more along the lines of, you need to ask this question. If Ben Roethlisberger decides to retire, let's, say, let's talk about that 25% possibility. Right. Does Randy Finkner come back? I think there's like a 1% chance that Randy <laughs> is kept. If that happens, I agree.
2: Yeah, not uh, even one percent. No, I mean at that point, at that point, you can, yeah, uh, you can replace the whole offensive staff. You know, I mean, they they I mean, may I, replace the whole offensive staff anyway. Heck, yeah. it happened to Peyton Manning in Denver his last year, and Peyton wasn't happy about it, but you know, they won a Super Bowl with it too, right? Yeah, and and, and right. that bring Ian that brings up a good question that you you and I were
0: kind of talking about in our message board earlier today. Um, is Ben Roethlisberger the type of guy that is going to be willing to say, I'm going to let the defense in the running game take over? Um, is, is, is granted? I know we don't have a running game right now, but, but assuming that it gets better, is he the type of guy that's going to be able to just do what Peyton Manning did, put his pride away and say, all right, I'm going to hand the ball off way more than I'm going to have to throw it. I, I mean, will he do that?
2: Well, if you recall, uh, there were some instances of Peyton Manning getting in verbal arguments on the sideline about how much he had to hand off the ball. Yep, um, yep. So, I, I mean, a lot of the time, I think Ben's grown accustomed to, you know, getting multiple play calls in his helmet and letting him have the option of <laughs> running the ball or throwing the ball um, in a lot of situations. Uh, so, will he do it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Ben is willing to hand off the ball. Um, but I think... Uh, I think for starters, whether it's running backs, coach, offensive line coach, I don't know who the running game coordinator is right now. When uh, Mike Munchak was here as the offensive line coach, he was the run game coordinator and did a great job at, you know, the film breakdown and figuring out how to exploit the holes in the other team's defense. Um, But uh, whatever it is that that's what really needs to be fixed. I don't know whether it's, you know, I mean, if we're talking about changes on offense, you start talking mm-hmm. about the offensive line coach, the running backs coach, whoever the run game coordinator is, um, you know, figure it the hell out. Um, and, and on top of that, draft some Randy. New young offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if it was me, I'd fire the whole fucking offensive staff. Like, I don't, you know, I, fire them all and just bring in new guys I, with I, a I consistent mean, philosophy af- across the board because it seems like we have differing, differing philosophy not only differing philosophies but we're not we're not using our players in a way that maximizes their talent either we're trying to to fit players into molds that you know don't don't work with their skill sets. Why are we throwing swing passes and screen passes to Benny Snow? You want to throw that shit? <laughs> throw, it to, throw it to Anthony McFarlane or James <laughs> Connor, who's actually decent in the. Like, Connor is not fast, but he can make moves he to can get around guys. Him, and, yeah. He can make so, one
1: guy miss.
2: Yes. Typically. That is Which Connor. Is,
1: Connor is one guy miss, cut and run. <laughs>
2: Which is more than Benny Snell can do in the open. God, field. right? So, you,
1: I, exactly.
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's yeah. you gotta. Yeah, I mean, you you look at the teams that are successful. It's. I mean, the the Chiefs have arguably the best tight end in the league the best quarterback in the league and tyree kill who's a burner okay we'll put them aside um but a lot of the other teams that are successful offensively it's because they they structure their offense to play to the strengths of the players that they have like that's what the patriots did for years they didn't have aside from the randy moss here they never had a dominant receiver but they just had guys that could go out and execute and they called plays that played to their strengths um you know and and that's how they won that's how they had success and the Steelers just don't do that they seems like the Steelers have an offensive philosophy and regardless of who they bring in they're like oh yep this guy this is your position this is what you're going to mm-hmm. do not what do you do well okay this that's what we're going to have yeah. you do
1: that was one of the things that Munch did well with his offensive line when he was in Pittsburgh was <laughs> he
2: coached those guys toward their strengths
1: And didn't ask them to do things that they weren't good at except on rare occasions. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta sometimes you've gotta work outside your comfort zone. Everybody does. Yes, we all do. But, But the rule was I am going to scheme toward what my guys do well. I'm going to take into account what my guys do well when I'm looking at the defense and I'm deciding what run plays I'm going to suggest here. And it worked. It was simple, but it worked. <laughs>
0: ben, do you think that, that Kevin Colbert or, or Art Rooney, too, are, are in a position where they can go to Mike Tomlin and say, Mike, I need you to hire a completely new offensive staff. Are are they in that position to do that? I I mean, I know to do
1: whatever the fuck he wants.
0: Yeah, I I know that. But what I mean is that,
1: and Art and Kevin both have an excellent relationship with Mike Tomlin.
0: Yes, they do. So yes,
1: I do think they are in that position, both of them, to be able to talk to Mike very frankly, Mm -hmm. and just say, hey, you know, we need to change this. Yeah, and. From my perspective, your coaching staff is holding this process back. What do you think, Mike? Mm -hmm. Tell me about that, especially Art. Because Art can basically say, I need you to justify this to me because you want me to give this guy a new contract. Mm -hmm. And I want you to have the coaching staff that you want. I want you to have final say over your staff. But I don't know if I want this guy back. Tell me about why I should bring him back.
0: Well, and, and that's that's exactly what I'm getting at. Because I, I, you know, as we you and I talked about in the beginning, we talked about this this idea of Tomlin talking about change. Yes, there's going to be change, but but what does that look like? You know, um, is that something that he makes? Is that something that Kevin or Art? Just says to him, says, "Hey, Mike, man, uh, something's got to change here," and it starts here, well, here, here, and I gotta, here. I'm
1: going to be honest. I, I, oh, like I, like I, you know, I'm ever dishonest, but right. I, uh, I think that if Tomlin decides to make changes, he needs to be coaxed into that, and it can't be a situation where Art comes to him and says, "You need to make a change at offensive coordinator, and I want you to hire this guy," like he did with right. Todd Haley, right. That just kind of didn't work. Um, Ben never liked him. They never got along. The offense was super talented, and it worked because it was super talented, but it was Mm -hmm. dysfunctional because nobody really got along all that great with Haley. So Haley eventually had to go, and Ben was much happier for it when he Mm -hmm. was gone. Now we've got an offense that's underachieving, in my mind. Mm Mm-hmm. And an offensive coordinator who lacks creativity, which Haley did not lack. He just got no. too cute. He got too cute yes, sometimes. Absolutely. You know? yeah. um, so you got the opposite problem now where you get a guy who's not getting cute at all. <laughs> He's running 1990s football when <laughs> he shouldn't be because, you know, it's 2020. Or he's and, running
2: the same air raid concepts over and over and over oh, again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, air raid. And was... they know it's
1: coming. They yeah. know. They know yeah. before the snap what's coming. It's that, shit like that.
0: 2011.
1: Where, you know, unless Ben's changing the play at the line and going, oh, you guys think we're going to run a slant? Okay, we're going to run a fade. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. You know,
1: it's things like that that work. Yeah. Where Ben's working off script. That's working great. Randy's offense ain't working no on top of that you got you got issues with talent so you need really good coaches in there especially it at running back and along the offensive line i think you have plenty of talent at wide receiver and tight end Mm -hmm. so it's not like you need change there in my mind um because those guys are they're performing okay although vance mcdonald you know i wonder if he's gonna be back um no i I doubt it yeah I doubt it too, but um, you know, and if he is, he's coming back at a, at a significant discount over Mm. what he played for this year. Um, But you you know, you've got talent at those positions and you know, it's moving along in the right directions, except for the little, you know, the slide we had in the middle of the season where the wide receivers are dropping balls, but by and large, they're okay there where you need better coaching is, in particular in the areas where you lack talent and where better coaching can make a bigger difference. And that is an offensive line and running back right now. Um And yeah, obviously the scheme needs improvement and I, I don't, you know, I don't pretend to have all the answers there. I don't have anyone in mind. Um I'm not a Brian Schottenheimer fan. He just got fired. Right. Uh, a lot of people are, are saying, yeah, Schottenheimer would be, and, and, no, okay. and Schottenheimer, Let's be frank. He would be better than Randy. Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He would be. Yeah, (laughs) I agree. Um, Ian, and
2: I go, get, go we, get whoever coordinates the 49ers running game because they had oh, injury after injury after injury this year, True. and literally just plugged in guys off the street. I mean, obviously, they had Jarek McKinnon on a big contract, they had mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman on a big contract. Raheem Motzer really showed up in the playoffs last year. He's a, a good player with breakaway speed, but their leading rusher this year was Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty. You had a uh, carry the ball a bunch of, i mean it seemed like whoever the 49ers plugged into their system was able to have success and work and a lot of that's the the you know shanahan running game system that's always produced right. good running backs right. but nevertheless i mean Perhaps if you're, if you're retooling, everything else yeah yeah if you're retooling the entire offense i mean you want to look at who has success running the ball the 49ers can literally plug in anybody at running back yeah and and on top of
1: that mike tomlin and shanahan are are friends yeah you know that was one of the reasons that the 49ers when they looked at ab shanahan called mike and got the thumbs down from mike and so (laughs) they didn't sign him
0: oh yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> before <laughs> we uh wrap this shit show up. Uh, wait, 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 can
2: we can we talk about another scheme thing that pisses me off?
0: Yeah, oh, sure. Let's, go ahead. All right. Let's keep, and this going.
2: Is, <laughs> let's keep going. This is our this is our catharsis, right? This is our therapy session. Yes. Um all right, we're moving to the defensive side of the ball here. And I'm going to talk All about right. cornerback matching. And this right. is Oh, we this did is... this earlier too. Go ahead, <laughs> right, did you? Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, go ahead. It's it's go obvious. It's obvious it out of the luck. way. Go ahead. Yeah. Get it off your chest.
2: All right. Did Ben did you explain about how the Steelers match from the outside in?
1: Yes. Yeah, we we'll Okay. Do. All right, if you already I, talked but, man, about go it. Go ahead, then. just do your thing, Ian.
2: Okay. Since we've since Ike Taylor left, We've not had a cornerback follow a number one receiver around the field. And we've got guys like Joe Hayden or to an extent, Steven Nelson who are capable of following guys around the field. And I mean, a lot of teams in the NFL have two quality receivers. So in a sense, it makes sense to just have, you know, one guy play the left side, one guy play the right side. You're playing on the boundary. Hilton comes in and plays the slot. If they bring in another receiver, you put in Cam Sutton and there you go. when teams have finally figured out that you're matching from the outside in and, you know, even if they put a tight end or a running back or a fullback out there, um, you know, at the far wide spot, they're still going to get Hayden or Nelson. And, you know the second receiver is getting the slot corner and the third receiver in is getting a linebacker you know that's where you get mismatches the the chiefs actually did that to us a couple years ago that game they barnstormed us in pittsburgh obviously yep. the you know the the chargers did it with keenan allen on lj fort uh, repeatedly and uh and, and the the browns did it too with uh jarvis landry moving him into the slot i mean the 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 big third down in the fourth quarter third and two and you know they had they had three tight ends and a running back and Landry on the field and Landry was somehow matched up on a linebacker like what the fuck is that what kind of shit show like and and this is you know I've said this
1: and so we didn't change personnel yeah and all all they needed to do was rotate a a linebacker out to the outside and bring a corner in and it would have been done
2: Yes, exactly. Either corner, either Hilton or Yeah. Hey, uh, either one, or not or Hayden, Hil- Hayden, well, Nelson, Hilton. Well, Hilton yeah.
1: probably not. Not on Landry, but yeah. Sutton or Nelson could have handled that without a problem.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um yeah. So uh, and and I mean if if Tomlin's talking about oh the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, like oh, uh, look at look at the defensive scheme that you're playing and fucking adjust like make an adjustment
1: well making
2: adjustments isn't just about calling better plays it's about the the very basis of your scheme which is matching outside in on on cornerbacks
1: and that that i put on mike tomlin i'm not putting that on butler i Mm -hmm. you know mike tomlin's fingerprints are all over this defense and have been for years and i i find the report that he's been calling the defense or that he called all the defensive plays in this game dubious because based upon the broadcast which i've watched one more time i watched the condensed version and then i I watched the coach's film which doesn't really show this but it was very obvious that keith butler was relaying the plays in mm-hmm. so if tomlin's calling the D, and he's giving it to butler who's calling it to the linebacker well that doesn't make any fucking sense no not to me so i'm a little dubious about the report that that Tomlin has been calling the defense for years, blah, blah, blah. I'm not really buying it. Yes, Tomlin's hearing the call in his headset. And yes, he can overrule it. I'm sure there are plays that he does call. And there are things that he wants to run. But regardless, the scheme, the overall scheme, Tomlin's got his fingerprints all over that. So, yes, I, I do blame him for this thing. And that is something the Steelers should have been prepared for. Mark and I talked about this earlier. I 100% put that on the Steelers. I don't think the Browns did anything special. They didn't do anything the Steelers hadn't seen before. The Steelers just refused to self-scout on this one issue, and it is maddening. It is absolutely maddening. Yeah.
2: Yes. To put it let Actually, let's, let's talk about that self-scouting thing for just a second, too, because this has become a trend with the Steelers. Um uh, you know in in the past years putting last year aside obviously the the Mason Rudolph Duck Hodges disaster yeah. year um you know but but in other years too you know stumbling to the finish basically N- um, I mean, really, I go back to was it two thousand nine? I think it was when he was like, "We're going to unleash hell in December," and then they went like one and four. One in four. Um, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. that's awful! Uh, yeah, and and so like you know they've they've stumbled to the finish a lot of times, and I think a lot of it is that self scouting thing that by the time you put so much on film, you either have to be just physically better than everybody that you're playing. Or you got to start introducing new stuff as you get later into the year because you've put so yeah. much on film now in so many different you situations that teams adapt. can scout you. Yes,
1: you have to that's adapt, it. right?
2: Exactly. Yes, that's it. And, and we didn't do that at all this year. I mean, the the one time we saw success late in the year was when we opened the offense up against Indians, started throwing the ball down the field, which we hadn't done since what Jacksonville, maybe really since Ben got hurt in Dallas, we hadn't thrown the ball down the field. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was. You know, we we finally broke our trend and did something different, and and that was when we started to have success again because it wasn't what teams had scouted on us.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think it's really well said, and I I think any as long as I've been around athletics, if if you aren't self scouting, then you're not doing it right. Um, it's, it's not just about sitting down and watching your opponent or your future opponent. You got to watch yourself and you got to see what you're doing. Well, you got to see what you're not doing well. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. Especially um, the latter. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, yeah, it's spot on. Um, guys, before we get out of here, I, I do want to, uh, mention one other thing and, and this kind of, will will kind of go hand in hand with the final thing here um juju uh, smith schuster obviously is going to be a free agent um and and uh before i get to asking you guys whether or not you know we we think he could be back or not um and ian i'm probably stealing a little bit of your thunder here but the the fact that a a pittsburgh shock jock if you will Such a decide, decided to comment uh back Fucking to juju wow. I mean, if you're on Twitter at all, ladies and gentlemen, um, just, just and you know, Mark Madden's a fucking douche. I, I mean, yeah. I, I've never seen such an insecure person in my life to go after a 24 year old kid, uh, young man, man, whatever you want to call him. Um, it's I, not mean, like YouTube no, I mean, who cares? No, he he doesn't. We probably care more than he does. But exactly, it's just it's, just, it's so you know, I I uh, yeah. Okay, I'll just stop there. Ian, what are the chances of Juju coming back uh, to play for the Steelers?
2: Um, <laughs> I'm glad he asked
0: you
1: first.
2: <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think I think Juju would like to come back. I think the Steelers would probably like to have him back. I think what he would be able to command in the open market is going to be more than what the Steelers can offer him. I mean, he could, he could probably get in the 15 to $17 million a year range in the open market. Um, maybe slightly less than that. Um, this year just because of the lower cap. But nevertheless, I mean that's probably around what his market value is. And right. for a kid who grew up sleeping on the garage floor, uh that's <laughs> that's an insane amount of money. Um so, you know, I i, I won't blame him at all if he, no. you know, no, takes a big contract with uh with someone. But that said, you know, I think he really likes it here. He's been pretty outspoken about that. Um you know, with social media posts saying he wants to stay in Pittsburgh if possible. Um, but you know where the rubber meets the road is in the the, the dollar value. the The devil's always in the details with these things. So, oh, yeah. you know, is he is he willing to take a I don't know fifty percent, seventy five percent of what his market value is salary? Um, you know that's that's where it gets into the the hard right. questions because it's it's really what can the Steelers afford? Just because you know, looking at things, we are slated to be, uh, or at least as of right now, probably about twenty million dollars over the proposed or the the estimated salary cap for next year. Um, so you can't sign anyone until you get that number down. Um and or, you know, you so that's gonna be restructuring guys, that's gonna be cutting guys, whatever it is, maybe guys retired. cutting guys. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so there's there's some some financial stuff to figure out here before they go about signing new contracts. So, um yeah, we'll we'll see how it all plays out. I think he'd like to be back and the Steelers would like him back, but um I'm still going to say it's around a 50-50 proposition just because um, it, it's it's Yeah, there's a lot of things the, the have numbers are, the numbers are going to dictate a lot of things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ben, where where are you yeah. falling on on Juju uh, in terms of him him coming back or not? Well, my understanding is that he really wants to be back.
1: Mm-hmm. So that'll be a huge help because he apparently really, really wants to be here. And he's the fact that, that Juju is kind of a an odd duck and kinda does his own thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. will will yeah. help. It'll help a lot with getting him re signed. If they're going to re sign him, they're going to have to re sign him to a deal that doesn't pay him all that much year one. And that is backloaded and any agent worth his salt is going to recommend that Juju not take that deal. Right. Because there's more risk involved. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, So I don't know, maybe they can work something out with like a, a huge roster bonus due, you know, very early in the second year or something along those lines. Um, Something that becomes guaranteed, like if he's if he's on the active roster on the Week 17 game or something along those lines. You know, I, I don't know. Get creative. Creative ways um, to do it. You know, but it's going to have to be a deal where it pushes a whole bunch of money into 2022 in order for it to work. Um, and yeah, Ian's dead right. I mean, the market is about 17 18 million. Yeah, I, Yeah. I am not going to say... That Juju Smith-Schuster at seventeen million is bargain. He's not, but I think he's probably probably worth it, mm-hmm. given what's behind him. Um, you've got you got Johnson, who was a bit of a disappointment this season. At times. Um, you got Claypool, who, in my opinion, is a future number one. But, you know, he's in the first year of a rookie deal. Mm -hmm. So you really don't have to make a decision about whether or not Juju's going to be making too much to keep Claypool right now. Um, Johnson is not giving really any direction that indicates that he's going to be a guy who commands a ton of money. Although he may. So, you know, if I'm Colbert, I, I offer 15 maybe. And I try to structure it as creatively as possible Mm -hmm. and maybe it works, but I don't even know, you know, as Ian pointed out, they can't even do any business. They can't do any business at all. And they have a ton of free agents, their own free agents. They cannot sign until they get under the cap and they're way the hell over. So no, they've got a lot of space in 2022. But it's because they don't have anybody signed right now. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: one way they could create some room is by doing a bunch of extensions and lowering cap numbers on a number of guys for 2021. Um, David DeCastro, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Cam Hayward. uh, You can't really – you can restructure him. Um, Stephon Tuitt, all these guys. Stephen Nelson. Stephen Nelson. Yeah. Stephen Nelson actually would not be a bad guy to extend. Joe Hayden, I would not extend. But Stephen Nelson, I probably would try. Um, so you, you try and push some money into the future years. And you do so by, by extending these guys and then lowering their, their base salary in 2021 to the minimum veteran salary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully it creates enough space. I haven't sat down and done all the math. I can't tell you. There's not a lot of room in the existing contracts just by simple restructures to create space. But extensions with some of the other guys that are going to the last year of their deals, maybe, maybe it can be done. Um, So I'm going to put this chances at slightly better than 50-50. Let's call it 60-40 that Juju comes back.
0: As we uh, wrap things up, I I, I do want to just say this, and it's it's maybe it's a um. Oh, I'm not even sure what you'd call it, but you know, Juju has gotten a, a lot of attention in recent weeks for for comments and for dancing on logos and a lot of other things, and and you know, it's something I've had to adjust to, and and I'm sure many many others have as well, but this is not the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 1970s. Um, Juju is not Jack Lambert. He's not uh, John Stallworth. He, he's not uh, Jack Holmes. No, he, 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 he's not. He's not. And, and it's, it's just a very different world. And, you know, I was talking with somebody yesterday about how Juju has essentially mentored Chase Claypool on how to promote yourself. And we've seen Claypool get a lot more vocal in recent weeks, and he caught so some Clay, sh- Claypool's been vocal on the field all
1: season yes. long. Yes,
0: vocal on the field, but suddenly he, he talks
1: he- shit and points at other players all yes. the time. This is he not does, news. and he did no. that in
0: college too. I, I, I'm not saying it's about on the field. I'm saying that he's he's learned how to market himself through social media and stuff. And all I'm suggesting is that you know, a lot of us look at that and we say, just shut up and play football. You know, it, that's not the world we're in anymore. The, these guys are trying to, to um, get every single thing that they can. Football is a short career, people. It's a short freaking career. I mean, the average uh, uh, career now, I think is what roughly what about three years. Um, yeah. and, and then yeah, you're done and, and you try to make every damn dime you can. So, um, yeah, there's times I, I don't like hearing what Juju has to say or somebody else or or I but but at the end of the day, I, I don't care. And Ben, as you've pointed out, it's not like he's doing 120 down McKnight Road. Uh he, he's not throwing shit off balconies. And and you know, he, he's been a pretty darn good citizen uh overall. So um I just think that's something that we have to remember. Times change, people change. And uh, just the whole the whole kind of outfit, if you will, does change, and and uh, that's on us to accept it, not not them. So anyway, that's my little yeah. rant. Uh, a couple of yeah. quick
1: things before yeah. we wrap things up, if you don't mind. Um, one, uh, I think it should be noted that James Pierre got snaps over Justin Lane
0: this last week. Yeah, I think that's very noteworthy, and played pretty well. Yeah, he looked real good last week uh only had yeah. eight
1: snaps yeah only had eight snaps but he he played pretty well i yeah. was impressed and encouraged that's the best mm-hmm. way of putting it and on another note um a personal note i uh i got over the game real quick on sunday i was uh pretty distraught when the mm-hmm. game was over mm-hmm. and uh came home and went to bed fairly early i, I live on the west coast so the game was over pretty early for me here and i got a call at midnight that a friend of mine had died of uh covid complications Mm -hmm. on sunday and i immediately went from you know denial to acceptance (laughs) yeah (laughs) if if you will the, the five stages of grief uh the steelers game kind of didn't matter to me anymore because Mm -hmm. uh good old catholic guilt had taken over (laughs) and uh you know i i felt bad about the fact that i had not been in touch with this person for a number of months and she Mm -hmm. died um and i i I point all this out for a couple of reasons one you know COVID is real take this shit seriously okay i'll get off my soapbox about that this is not about politics viruses don't care what your political persuasion is they will kill you just the same they don't care Two, uh you know reach out to the people that matter to you and let them know keep in touch with people don't don't do what i did and i'm not sharing this to make anybody feel sorry for me i i don't want any messages from any of you i'm i'm not asking for that well, they'll all come just, to me anyway that's fine you <laughs> should get all my hate mail um but i, I just i want to make the point that it, you know learn learn from from my mistake and and stay in touch with the people that matter to you and and just let them know that they do even if you just call them every few months and just touch base with them just try and stay in contact with with your friends and because you you never know when something like this can happen and and it kind of puts things in perspective and and that's it i'm gonna stop now
0: well you know obviously um sending our best to you and and certainly the family of your friend um and it it does and it's something that i talk to my own kids a lot about is is the word perspective um how quickly our perspectives can change based on our environment and the things that happen to us so yeah totally
2: totally get it and um ian i'm going to uh, uh, give you the final word here yeah my my final word is a general one um I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has listened, read mm-hmm. on the website, our articles interacted with us throughout the year. Uh, personally, this was kind of a, a big year for me expanding my whip coverage started a youtube show thanks a lot to bruce badgley um Definitely. from the small player big play app who's a big supporter of us and you know helped expand our, our whip coverage and give us a lot more traffic there but also with our steelers coverage because yep. they go hand in hand thanks to everyone who you know listened to the show um made comments on twitter joked around with us sent us you know funny reaction gifts and <laughs> made comments about the whiskey we're drinking and all that stuff so oh, yeah. um you know hopefully you all stick with us through the off season um we'll try and keep swearing even though uh because we know the people enjoy that but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's amazing what a four letter word will do every now and then right yeah, uh, absolutely. So, well, so, after yeah, losses, anyway. Yeah, I, yeah I, 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 I certainly appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for for tuning in and and you know interacting with us because that's what makes yeah. it fun.
0: Absolutely, I echo those sentiments as well. And um, I, I, I'm going to get us out of here because it's well past my bedtime, and my three fingers of whiskey went really fast tonight. <laughs> I got to tell you. Uh, so for uh, Ben and for Ian, this is Steel Dead signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers Podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, as always, go Steelers. Ravens fucking
1: suck.